0: You're listening to Consolidate That. Welcome back to Consolidate That. I've been really glad to see you again this week and
1: excited for our guest. Yeah. Hi, I'm Evan Zach. So happy to introduce our guest today. So we have Kevin Burke. He is coming from VetPay. VetPay is the credit card processing company, and we're going to talk about how he started this in our domain and all the details about it, because it's an important topic when you're acquiring the practices to figure out that aspect. So Kevin, welcome to the show. Thank you for finding the time. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. Happy to be here. So just for sort of a little more extended introduction that I have done for a job there, could you tell us about how do you start in the VET payment industry and specifically payment and processing industry? And then how did you choose VET as a domain?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I've been working in and around the payments industry since since I was a kid. My My dad started a credit card processing company in Houston back in 1989. So just like most processors, we would call on different types of businesses and all different types of industries. And rather than take a shotgun spread type of an approach, myself being an animal lover, I mean, if you want to be in the vet industry, you've kind of got to be an animal lover. I, I decided to call on veterinarians specifically. We actually bought the vetpay.com URL back in 1999. I was in eighth grade at the time. And we didn't actually start promoting VetPay until about 2019. A ton has changed in the payments industry since the 90s, but one thing is still pretty consistent, is that, and that's veterinarians and practice managers, they don't love getting cold calls from uh, credit card reps.
1: So if you can unwrap that for me, so I'm a vet, and I just know that the from what I've seen at the trade show, so for the last sort of six, eight years being SmartFlow CEO, I've seen tons of credit card processing companies that come into the market. It felt to me, again, without knowing much about it, that it's a pretty cutthroat business and you really have to stand out. So can you please start us maybe with explaining what is the business of credit card processing? What is the competition? And when one chooses to go with one or another Why would they even want to pick up the phone and say, This is a pain point for me right now? Like right now, I'm thinking I need to change credit card processing. And what are those pain points that you address? And how do they say, Oh, we want to go with Kevin?
2: Yeah, of course. So, I mean, typically, there is a ton of competition in our industry. When you go to these shows, you do see a lot of credit card processors there. When we do talk to consolidators or standalone vet practices, the majority of them are either with their bank for processing or they're uh, restricted to using an in- endorsed credit card vendor from their software or their PIMS provider. So the first things first, when practices are, are looking to switch, it's it's usually a cost-saving thing in our industry. It is a race to the bottom when it comes to credit card processing and rates, whether it's VetPay or Square or Stripe or any of the banks or other processors. We do all compete on a level playing field. We all have access to direct cost from Mastercard, Visa. All we do is take that cost, we mark it up by percentage and a transaction fee, and we provide them with equipment. And hopefully the equipment that we're providing to these vets, it's it's modern and it's taking Apple Pay and contactless payments. But also you want to be with someone that's not going to increase your rates over time. So when it comes to us differentiating ourselves from our competition, besides you know having a lower price and not being so greedy in the amount of money that we make, and also being very transparent in the the rates and the fees that we do charge, you get personal service from us. You're not dealing with 1-800 number, although we do have 24-7 tech support. You're dealing with someone who knows you, knows your business and is kind of aware and in line with what your strategic vision is, vision is for the business and also your your objectives for the business as well.
0: I wanna ask you some questions about sort of the negotiation side of things and, and how consolidators can look at it at, at scale. But coming from the PIMS background, You know, I was consistently pushing the integrated payment processor that Hippo, which was the company I was with, that we had. And when we would switch someone from a different PIMS, we would always say, great, well, and now you should switch over to this one. And the conversation was always batch or beat their rate and let's try and get the business moved over and all of that. How important do you think that integration should be, especially thinking of consolidators, that whether they're using a unified PIMS or whether they're using independent ones across the board. So I guess it's part negotiation at scale and part how important should that integration be?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a ton that goes into actually knowing what to do and what to say when you're ne- negotiating a merchant contract. But when it comes to integrated versus non-integrated, whether you're with an ISV or a PIMS like, like HIPPO manager or any of the other ones, I mean, the biggest drawback to being integrated is usually always cost. The oldest most tenured software players in the vet space, they they make you go with their processor and they they charge you a fortune to be integrated. But there is a good give and take with that. I mean, when you are integrated, there's, I mean, we always recommend that a practice is integrated if the cost makes sense. I mean, it, it eliminates human error. You're able to use one dashboard in that PIMS to kind of do everything. But what we do at VetPay is we give a very unbiased approach. If if a software or if, if a consolidator or a veterinarian is integrated to that software, I mean, the last thing we want to do is is convince them to go non-integrated. But at times, it makes financial sense because they're getting charged so much to go non-integrated. I mean, when we look at a consolidator or a veterinarian's monthly processing statement, we can show them to the penny what they would save with VetPay potentially. But also, we can even show them what they would save per swipe. Every time they check out a client or a pet parent, we can tell them you'll save three dollars and twenty cents per swipe on average, or maybe you'll save a dollar fifty on average. So there is a lot of give and take with going integrated versus non, but at the end of the day, I mean it's it's usually more efficient and proficient for a practice to be integrated.
0: Just following up on that, so would you look at that or have you looked at that for a consolidator sort of at scale and say, let's look at your last quarter worth of credit card fees, your last month of credit card fees across your 10, 15. 200 clinics and really show you what the savings could look like?
2: That's exactly what we do. I mean, so most of the consolidators that we do work with, whether it's in the vet space or another other healthcare spaces, we actually don't even get them to switch if they're integrated. We work with them more on a consultative basis. So like I said, we take a deep dive into the processing statement per location. We can look at quarter or six months a year and we can show them per each location That they do have a fair deal with their processor, or we'll usually find that we looked at this in January. You know, MasterCard and Visa, they typically do their increases every April and October to appease their shareholders and increase their share price. And we typically find that consolidators, even though they think they have a good deal with their processor at scale, they're not keeping an eye on it usually and they're increasing their rates over time. So it's super important for a consolidator or the CFO or the controller or whoever's looking at the finances they need to look at those statements every month. They need to make sure that there's uniform pricing for each location, that they're uniform and they're the same at each location, they're equally as low. But look at the front page of each statement and you'll usually see that most processors that we compete with in the vet space, they're giving you 30 days notice. And if you don't opt out or if you don't call them to say something, they're gonna increase your rates by a few basis points here or a transaction fee there. So there are a lot of increases
1: that we see. So for a newbie, I know that Ryan kind of jumped into integrated, -integrated. non-integrated. Let's pull us back into, let's say I'm a new consolidator and I know how to acquire practices. I know what I want to do with them operationally because I presumably know what's going on in the veterinary clinics and veterinary domain. And then there's this side of business, which is credit card purchasing processing so when i am buying a clinic when is the good time to connect with someone like yourself and say okay so this is what we're trying to do we're buying these type of practices this is what we're doing and obviously consolidation is a business of sort of saving cost Mm because that's what you get when you're combining the clinics now we also have a barrage of different software products that are in these clinics and let's say we're not planning to replace the software on a day one what would be your recommendation when do people need to talk to you and what are those things that we need to find out from the clinic before and this is what i'm well, this is where i'm going to with this in terms of the acquisition timing so prior to acquisition during the due diligence process post acquisition and then further deciding should i use the cuz all of these clinics come with a different credit card mm-hmm. processing with a different length of contract and expiry date so how would you Ideally, optimize someone who has minimal understanding in this? How would you opti- optimize someone who comes to you with, we have 30 practices and want to buy another 20 next year? And we're now starting to pay attention to our fees and we're thinking they're too high.
2: Yeah, no, of course. Typically, when a practice is being acquired from a group or a new ownership, they're going to look at their numbers, they're going to look at their financials and see what their bottom line is and what they're paying for credit card processing. So they're going to look at their effective rate. You know, they're going to look at, what they spent across those 10 or 12 practices that they're acquiring, what they spent in credit card fees, and divide that by the amount that they processed. And they're going to have to switch providers, whether they end up staying with that same merchant account provider that the old owner was with or whether they go with a new one. What they need to do is take those statements that they received from the old one and shop them across a few different providers. You know, Shop them with the... Software vendor that they might be going with to be integrated, shop them with someone like VetPay, shop them with their bank what they want, take three or four different quotes and try to make sense of them all. What we do at VetPay is we do, again, give a very unbiased approach and we educate the person who's looking at those numbers on if they're comparing apples to oranges because there are three or four different pricing methods, if not more, in the credit card space. And so they might be comparing apples to oranges. So what we do at VetPay is we Lay it out on a very, very detailed spreadsheet. I mean, it, the spreadsheet could be could be a hundred lines long, but it's very easy to read. And we'll show them what this company is offering versus VetPay versus this company, and we'll give them a very good financial analysis as to you know if it makes sense to go with someone like VetPay or go with their software provider. That's interesting. But I will say, as far as far as getting up and running, though, I mean, I mean, we do act as a pay fact model, kind of like a Square or a PayPal or a Stripe, so. Getting onboarded with VetPay, I mean, we can have someone up and running the next day with card not present, where they can electronically send out invoices or key in payments. And then it takes one to two days to actually get them a machine where they're doing chip cards and that kind of stuff. So getting up and running with a new provider, I mean, you should give yourself some time so you can train your staff and all that good stuff. But it's pretty quick as far as if you do decide to switch to a different provider.
0: What's the technology stack looking like right now for people? Obviously, we talk about the CFO side of things or the controller or the accounting side of it and the dollars, but you just said getting your team trained and up to date on those sort of things. What are the technologies that people should be expecting or comparing or what are people having to learn? I mean, on my side, I think, okay, hand me the card or touch it or swipe it and then push a couple of computer buttons and it should work. But it sounds like there's more to it.
2: Yeah, it's it's definitely evolved. I mean, since I've been watching the payment flow and the checkout process for veterinarians since the nineties, I mean, it's it's no longer for a modern tech savvy vet. They're they're not just swiping a credit card and stapling the invoice to a, a receipt and giving it to the pet parent across, you know, a plexiglass facade that they have these days. I mean, the checkout experience at at a vet with pet parents, I mean, it's the last interaction with the practice and unless they're doing a survey or something. So these days, in modern days, they're giving the pet parent options to pay. So, like I said, contactless payments like Apple Pay, Google Pay, Samsung Pay, Tap to Pay, I mean, they're up 250% since, let's say, March of 2020. I mean, for good reason. So, the contactless payments have become huge, just like, I mean, we spent the majority of our last year, we spent the majority of our time technically. Outfitting our existing practices with wireless credit card terminals so they can go curbside with those terminals, or it's also very popular to take a wireless credit card machine to the exam room, maybe it's for you know a euthanasia or or something like that but so besides the tap to pay contactless and wireless, I mean more and more vets are starting to to store their pet parents' card. they store them in a secure vault for future billing. Uh, It also allows them to set up payment subscriptions for recurring billing if they're doing wellness plans, perhaps. So yeah, there's been a a lot more functions and, and features that have been added to payments for vet
1: practices in recent years, for sure. So one thing that in the conversation with Sebastian, he mentioned that they're doing and I think it's innovative, maybe others are doing it and I'm just not up to speed, but they're offering to pay for the exam either before or after the visit without even that sort of cash register interaction so when you're going to the appointment you can yeah. you can sort of process that how common is that is this unique to digital workflow and what's the success rate that you're seeing or sebastian or you guys together are seeing with it so that's sort of a three questions so how popular is that unique to software and what is the success rate
2: and you're talking about sebastian gabor from
1: Digital. shout out to him yeah
2: <laughs> yep Shout out to Sebastian and his team. They've been they've been awesome to work with. So they have a, an extremely slick PIMS product. And it's been it's been a ton of fun rolling these rolling this out and switching practices from kind of these old school PIMs to something like digital that's cloud based. And and with them, we're we're still doing the give the practice a free cloud-based credit card machine where you can do all those types of old school payments. But Dr. Ivan, like you're saying, What's become super popular is is from the PIMS is is creating more of a frictionless, kind of like an Uber-like checkout where with Digital, and there are other providers that do this too, you can electronically SMS text an invoice or you can email an invoice to a pet parent so they can pay it before they even come to pick up the pet. But also with Digital, they have a really awesome pet parent app that all of their practices are promoting and they're enabling their pet parents to download this app to, you know, book their appointments. I mean, the tech stack with Digital is extremely vast, but the pet parents can pay directly through the app before they come pick up their pet from the practice. And, and it's seamless and it works well. And they're able to do Apple Pay from their phone or if they're using a MacBook and it syncs directly with their PIMS. And before they come pick up their pet, it's already marked as paid in, in their software. It's catching on for sure. So we're doing metrics. I don't have the numbers on me right here, but the amount of pet parents that are starting to use the app and the amount of veterinarians and the practice managers that are starting to push these electronic invoices for remote payments, it's, it's making for a much more seamless and, and kind of a, an easier checkout
1: process. So one other thing that is quite painful for practices, and I don't know if you faced that with your customers, is the uh, wellness plans. And this is something that a lot of groups and veterinary hospitals adopted because it just makes sense. Are you involved at all in the processing of those payments for wellness plans in the clinics? Because I'll tell you why I'm interested from what angle. Basically, it's really hard to reconcile the revenue that comes from the wellness plans and then match that with the compensation of the doctors, especially if they are on commission-based. Because then reconciling the revenue that comes from one side and then saying that, yes, this appointment that was done is a part of that wellness plan and the compensation should be calculated for the veterinarians. My personal opinion, there shouldn't be a compensation based on the commission. But if there is, do you work at all with that particular workflow and is there something that you help to solve for veterinarians in that area?
2: For us in the wellness plans, it's mostly on the technical side. So we we provide a payment gateway to be able to securely store that pet parent's card on file and then set up the payment subscription. But for us in wellness plans, it's it's usually up to the ISV or to the PIMS provider to attach it to a pet parent or to attach it to a profile, so to speak, to actually you know, run KPIs and data as far as profitability and other things. So from VetPay's perspective for wellness plans, we pretty much just provide him with the tools to process the payment and
1: set up the payment amount for how long and when to bill. So there are also platforms that and I don't really only one that has the credit card purchasing incorporated into the software is the same business. So so Rhapsody, I'm sure you heard of them. They have their own proprietary and from the discussions that I had with them and I don't want to be unfair to them but it sounded like it might be a little more expensive than traditional credit card processing which is again given the fact that they build a whole software around it maybe makes sense mm-hmm. but do you have any comments on that model how successful you think that is and how do you compete with that
2: yeah i mean so rap is a great product i know that they build their their cost to process credit cards into the cost of the software and i compete with rap city in a similar fashion to the way that we compete with Other, I would say, disruptive technology like Square and Stripe, the flat rate model that is higher is not always more cost effective at the end of the day, especially for practices that are at scale like consolidators. So if I look at a Square, and I don't have Rhapsody's rates off the top of my head, but I think they're similar to like a Square or Stripe where Square charges 2.6% and 10 cents if the card is physically present, and if the card is not present, it's a riskier transaction more of a chance for fraud or something like that. So they charge a higher rate or a premium and it downgrades to something like 3.5% and 15 cents per transaction. So while the vet practice or the uh, consolidator has peace of mind in knowing they're paying this great, this it's not great, but they're paying this flat rate every single month, they know what they're paying. If they were to switch to a different pricing method like interchange or cost plus pricing, that's what pretty much any consolidator needs to be on, in my opinion. Is a cost plus pricing model. If I look at VetPay's portfolio of practices, I mean, our average $30,000 a month practice in credit cards, they're paying around 2%. If I look at our average $60,000 a month practice for VetPay, they're paying right around 1.8%. And that's for a mix of card present versus card not present. And then if I look at our average, you know, $100,000 a month practice and up, we can get much higher, but it's the lowest we see are month-end effective rate for our pricing on interchange plus pricing compared to a flat rate like Rap City does or that Square or Stripe does is anywhere between 1.25% and 1.75%. So
1: can you parse that a little further for us? So flat rate versus your rate, so what is the name for your rate other than flat? And then yeah, yeah. what is the difference?
2: It's a very popular pricing method. I would say all of the big the Banfields of the world, some of the other big consolidators, they're on interchange plus pricing. And every provider, all of my competitors, we are able to provide this pricing. And So what interchange means effectively, interchange is a fancy word for cost from MasterCard and Visa. And so what we do as processors at VetPay and any of our competitors is we take the cost for that exact card, whether it's a debit card or whether it's a southwest airlines visa card or a chase sapphire and other rewards cards there's over 600 different costs we take the exact cost of that card and we mark it up by a percentage and a transaction fee and so for a practice that is taking a little bit more debit maybe because they're in a less affluent area and they're taking less rewards cards and less amex their effective rate at the end of the month we're able to get them to be well below two percent as opposed to this flat rate model which It gives practices, the warm and fuzzies to know that they're paying the same flat rate every month. But at the end of the month or the end of the year, they're paying a much higher rate, whether it's 2.3 or 2.6 for card present or it's three and a half for card not present. So Interchange Plus, it's a little bit more detailed, a little bit more to wrap your head around. But what we do at VetPay when we do the cost analysis on a recent processing statement is we go through their statement line by line. These statements can be four to eight pages long. We look at the exact card types that their patients or pet parents are paying with, and we show them to the penny that, hey, this is what your effective rate would be with us. And if you compare that to a flat rate provider like Rhapsody or someone else, it's usually going to be pretty eye-opening and and significantly lower.
1: Well, I think we blew through our 20 minutes. so Yeah, we definitely did. Very interesting and educational for me, Kevin. So there's two questions that we ask at the end of each episode. So, one of them is Is there a book, TED Talk, YouTube video, or anything else that inspired you recently that you would like to recommend to our listeners?
2: Yeah. A book that I read recently and enjoyed, and it was pretty timely for what's going on in in the economy today, was a book called When Money Dies by Adam Ferguson. It's a pretty dramatic, but a true story of what can happen to the value of the dollar in any economy if if the government or the central bank start to print more money and ignore its national debt. So, I, I thought it was a pretty interesting read. Pretty
1: cool. And the second question that we ask is, there anybody else in our domain that you think would be interested to invite to this podcast?
2: Yeah. I met this lady. Her name is Dagmar Sachs. And I met her when we were stranded at the Orlando airport last year after the VMX. And I got to talking to her and I'm still relatively new into being full-time with the vet space. So I, I learned a lot from her expertise. She is a business development specialist over at Southern Veterinary Partners. And I just thought that her expertise in the vet industry was pretty useful. And I think she'd be a good guest for the podcast.
1: She's also probably the most athletic woman I ever met. She used to work for MWI. That's how I met her. She was uh, one of the territory managers for them. So she's, yeah, she is definitely well versed in our domain in the veterinary business. So thank you. Thank you for that, that contact. Yeah. Well, Kevin, thank you so much for finding the time to join us. It was very interesting conversation.
2: Yeah. Thank you guys so much for having me. Appreciate it. Thanks, Kevin.
1: Thank you so much
0: for listening to Consolidate That. If you want to hear our new episodes, please find us on any podcast platform. Also, you can learn more about us on our website at vetintegrations.com.